0: Welcome to the Ripple Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brad Long. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Ripple Fishing Report. On uh, today's show, we're going to talk to Captain Jordan Todd over in Port St. Joe. How you doing, Captain Jordan?
1: Pretty good, man. Good as always. Finally got a couple of days of decent weather.
0: Yeah, I've, I've seen some uh, some nice pictures on social media lately coming from down there.
1: Yes, sir. We got a uh, weekend was pretty. Let's see, Friday, Saturday, Sunday was uh, rained a little bit, but not too bad to, to get us. Um, and then today was pretty up until right about noon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a nice last week or so, man. I mean, it was, Yeah. it's, uh, clear and, and not really as humid and just nice out It kind of make you yeah. think it was going to be fall, but. I don't... Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. The mornings,
0: mornings catching
1: bait and stuff out early. It's been real nice. Almost kind of chilly feeling. Yeah. Do you um, guys,
0: speaking of bait, I, that, that makes me that reminds me of something do you guys get an influx of bait into saint joe bay in the fall um well
1: we get you know the pilchards and pinfish that are there um all summer you know we get we get a hatch uh the pilchards have a hatch hatchlings or or a spawn in the middle of summer okay so usually by mid late july in August, begin August, we start catching little bitty pilchards. Okay, just thousands of little bitty ones. Um, and so normally by end of September, first of October, those are perfect uh, bait size that we can use okay. for you know catching our nets and then and then use on on hooks and stuff. So um, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's a new in- influx. It's just the ones that have hatched out there are are getting big enough to be able to use.
0: Okay. Well, then that, so maybe you can shed some light then on, so last week, uh, Justin Leak over in Panama city, uh, in, in our conversation, he was, he mentioned, um, and, and I, and maybe I misunderstood, but I, I got the impression it was like an influx of bait in the fall that goes, comes into their bay system, just tons of bait moves in shore, And then when it gets cold winter, they move back out and kind of disappear.
1: Yeah. Ours are the same. I and mean, when we get, you know, our, our, bait shows up in the spring and then it's basically around all summer. Now you get, when it gets, starts getting really, really hot, um, and stagnant and then the bait will pull off in the deeper water. They don't ever necessarily ever leave our bay. Okay. Um, the, you know, most of them just pull out in the deeper water or, um, and then they spawn and then we get a bunch of little bitty ones, uh, for a month or so. And then as they get bigger, we, we can use those up until it starts getting cold and then they migrate out. They I start leaving. And then we get a shrimp hatch. You know, we have a shrimp hatch in the fall. Okay. So, so that would be, I would say that would be our influx of new bait would be the shrimp hatch. And then as it gets colder and your, our live bait starts moving out, then we start moving to, you know, like throwing soft plastics again, shrimp patterns or, or using nice big live shrimp for bait.
0: Yeah. Stuff like that. Okay. So the reason I brought that up was because the geography, I mean, the landscape is just so different with Saint yep. Joe Bay versus uh, just up the road in Panama City. So, absolutely, it made me think. Well, you know, maybe maybe some of what he has seen is actually spawning bait that's grown up big enough to be legitimate bait. You know, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it could
1: be where you know a lot of the bait hatches out here and it migrates down the beach and enters their bay in the fall. You know, or same as crooked island it, it it uses our bays as an estuary to spawn and grow and then as they get bigger in the large schools they migrate down the beach and they could you know swim in the past there at panama yeah that that could have something to do with it yeah
0: absolutely and and why is it that they i mean do they spawn in every bay system in the panhandle or is there something exclusive to saint joe in that area i would assume
1: they would in every bay um you know they may just use because our bay is a little different up here as far as the, the grass. Yeah, the thick turtle grass, which you know we don't have a whole lot of it. But um, I guess that they they use the grass. You know, and and Panama City Bay, the East Bay, North Bay, and all that. It's a different type of grass, different type of bay system. Really? Uh, yeah. So they have a they have a more of a natural freshwater flow into Panama City. Um, now Crooked Island doesn't. Crooked Island is very similar to St. Joe. Okay. Um, Cause it has no, it's a, it's what they call a pristine bay. It has no natural freshwater influx into it.
0: Okay. Other, so, than, so other the, than just runoff. Right. So the salinity shouldn't deviate dramatically other than yes. rain and runoff. Like you said.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm assuming they would spawn in every bay system, but, um, I know that they, Always end of July, 1st of August, we can catch 5 million little bitty pilchards. They all get stuck in your net and we call it a Christmas tree when they're all gilding your net and sparkling and you can't get them out. It's annoying, (laughs) but you know, in a month later, they're perfect, you know, three and a half, four inch size pilchards to use for, for live bait.
0: Yeah. It happens so fast.
1: Yep. Oh yeah. They grow rapidly.
0: Yeah. Well, so I also saw in, in some of the pictures, um, we kind of got off on a, on a bait kick, but uh, you know, that's a big part of it. If you can find the bait, you're going to catch something. So, you know, that, that's what I like to, I like to ask a lot of questions cause it just the geography and the lay lay of the land in St. Joe and, and Apalachicola is so different than, than the rest of the panhandle really. Yeah. So, and I don't, I mean, you tell me, man, what's your take on this? I've, I've kind of wondered to myself, but are you guys, do you consider yourself in the Panhandle or on, or part of the Forgotten Coast?
1: No, oh, we're in the Panhandle. I mean, anything – I say anything west of Jacksonville is the Panhandle. I yeah. mean, that's, that's the Panhandle of Florida. We right. are the Forgotten Coast where just our short little stretch along the coastline is what they consider the Forgotten Coast, but – we are in the Panhandle of Florida.
0: Gotcha. That's what I thought too. But I, I started seeing Forgotten Coast, and I and, and and you know I'm like, well, that's kind of a it's own well, little they're region. Trying to,
1: yeah, they're trying to like separate us from the Emerald Coast of Destin, Fort Walton.
0: Yeah. Okay. We're the
1: Forgotten Coast, and then you got the the Nature Coast and the Treasure Coast, and all that. They're just trying to kind of you know shrink down each little region to its own, just so they can market it that yeah, way. Yeah.
0: So that's branding. I didn't yeah. realize that they make, yeah, I didn't, and I hadn't thought about it that way anyway. So the, the stuff you posted on social media, um, some nice redfish and some nice triple tail, man. Yeah.
1: I actually got lucky on the, the triple tail. We, uh, Hey, there we go.
0: Yeah. It's supposed uh, to be muted. My apologies. <laughs> that's
1: all right. That's <laughs> all right. Let's keep rolling. Um, but, yeah, so the redfish bite's been really good. Um, there with these all this rain and these cool mornings, man, it's, it's dropped the water temp down, you know, high 70s, low 80s. And it really fired the redfish up, man. They, they've they been chewing and, and eating good the last, you know, couple of days. And we had pretty weather. You know, I had sunshine two days in a row. Um, I could ease around and find them and set up on them and, you know, And uh, I think we had, we caught 15 in one spot one day, you know, had a really good day. Um, and then the triple tail thing, I was running to another spot, um, and almost hit a log, a giant palm tree. Basically, I'm pretty sure it's a palm tree. It wedged in the ground and just the very top of the tree was sticking up and it's way out in the middle of the bay. Oh no. And, yeah. And I almost hit it and I was like, Whoa, that's pretty dangerous. So I turned around to market and the guy, the guy was asking me, you know, my client, he they fished with me before. He's like, man, do y'all ever catch any triple tail over here in St. Joe Bay? And I was like, "Yeah, no, not, not very often. I mean, we see them occasionally, you know, further out toward the mouth of the, the bay and whatnot. And I said, normally they're really, really small or every now and then you just see a big one. Yeah. You know, but not a lot of numbers and there's this tree as we were kind of easing by i saw a flash by it and i was like huh i was like well let's just try something real quick and sure enough we pitched a bait up there and we ended up catching four or five off of it and all of them are really big yeah 12 to 15 pounds
0: did you so did you the flash you saw was that that was one of them under there
1: Yep. That was a, that was a fish under there and he turned, I guess, you know, and as I was coming by turned and I just saw a little silvery white flash and I, I've seen it a million times. I was like, yep, I know what that is. Yeah. And so, yeah, we pitched some baits up there and caught those nice ones and had a good time and, you know, went on about our day after that and kind of, kind of felt good. Yeah. And I went, I went back, you know, the next day looking for it and, um, didn't find it, but found another piece of trash and, and we caught one nice one right in that same area. So I'm guessing it was so same fish off that tree. Yeah. Um, we caught another nice one and that was it. And then today ran by and there was nothing. So just got lucky. That was all it was.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is with, uh, so I'm curious with, uh, the stuff blowing in like that, is that due to the, the weather and rain and storms and everything y'all been getting? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm I'm assuming it it either came out of you know, we get stuff that washes out of that canal all the time, big logs and yeah. tree trunks and all that. So I'm assuming that it, it uh it came out of there and it, I guess it hit just right as we had a big incoming tide and it kind of pushed it into the bay. Um, but I mean it was in like 18 foot of water, so it's a big tree. Yeah. You know, and I literally if it, if it would have been a little bit higher tide, uh, covering it, I wouldn't have seen it.
0: I'd have hit it. It would have been bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary, man. that's, you know, after in, in, you know, it sounds like that's a little more common coming out of that area, but I think this, all this weather, all this extra runoff and all the rivers are high and you know, the, yeah, the tropical just, stuff we've had. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah. Pushing it, stuff all over the place. Yeah. It's prime time to, to run on something like that. I mean, it's easily done nowadays, you know? Yep,
1: and that's, that's why I, I love being in my tower. Anytime I'm just going spot to spot, I just hop up there just to give me a little bit better vantage point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's something to be said for that. I'm, I'm sitting at deck level. In fact, I'm sitting on the deck. Um, I got rid of my seats this year cause they, they st- I got to get a cushion made. Um, mm-hmm. got to find somebody to do it. But, uh, so for now we're just sitting on the deck. So I get fussed at every time somebody's with me about, <laughs> about how uncomfortable that is. But Hey, you know. The, uh, the, the, having that, that extra, uh, what have I read? You gain for every foot up, you gain a 10, 10, feet, 10 out. feet of radius out. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, up on, that's why there's polling platforms and that's why there's casting platforms. So you can see further your vantage point, uh, changes. So, yes, sir. Yeah. So, um, uh, man, the, are you seeing a lot of, uh, slot reds, um, in, in the bay? Yep.
1: Um, Most of the ones we've been catching this, you know, most of our slot fish, where as we're getting into this fall pattern, they're going to start bunching up. They'll start schooling back up. Right.
0: Are they? Are you seeing them do that?
1: Yep. Yep. Been seeing, you know, couple tens and fifteen groups, and then you know we had a school of probably fifty or sixty, and stuff. You know, so they're bunching back up. The baits, like I said, it's 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 all kind of bunching up and getting getting right size. I mean, top water bite's been good. Everything's kind of, kind of getting in that fall pattern real early.
0: Yeah. You know, I think it has so much to do with the all this rain and the water temp, you know, I bet you, I don't know what it, what is it reading now? Do you have any,
1: uh, it was 81 today, which is, which is crazy low. It's cool for this time of year. Yeah. yeah very cool.
0: So it, it makes me think that, you know, everything's sort of kicked their fall patterns into high gear because of this like rapid change where we go from, you know, probably what? 90, 89. I mean, it warm, you know? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. It was real hot.
0: And and down to to 81. I mean, that's, that's fall to them, you know? And, and even if we get some hot days and we will, um, it's not like we talked about last week, it's not going to warm the water up that fast, you know? So no, no yeah,
1: it'll actually be good.
0: Yeah. And so, uh, Yeah, I mean, it uh, it doesn't feel like fall to us, but I think because of this rain, it probably does to them, you know? Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. Most of our fish have been slots. We've been catching a few, you know, right over 27, but our big, big fish, you know, 35 plus inches won't won't start showing up till mid end of October.
0: Do they just come in St. Joe Bay and cruise? Yeah, they'll you know, they'll
1: stop in a few spots. Like a lot of them stop out. in pr- The big schools stop out in front of the canal. Yeah. Um, and cause there's tons of glass minnows and mullet and bait coming out of there in the fall. So they'll stop there and feed. They'll pop up in random places, you know, where there's food and stuff. You'll yeah. find them. You'll find them push up on the flats, uh, eating mullet and stuff early. And then, so, I mean, it's just kind of right place, right time. Yeah. Um, there's, there's some times of the year that I kind of know that they should be in an area and I'll go look and spend just a little bit of time and look. And if I don't see them, we run on, but usually just check it every day right around the time I know they should show up and then you hit it right. Yeah. And and they'll be there, but they, they once they get in the bay, you know, they move around with the food.
0: Yeah. You know, what's crazy, man. I was, well, while you were explaining that I, I was having this thought that, I've been in St. Joe Bay several times in a boat on my own, and it's not a big bay system. It's not really a complex bay system, but because I'm it's sure. because it's simple, it becomes hard to sort of dissect because it's just sort of all – I don't want to say it's all the same because that, that wouldn't be accurate, but it's like a bowl sitting there. You, it you know is what I mean? a bowl. And, and so it's just different from, you know, in the other bay systems, there's creeks and there's areas to kind of get back into and that kind of stuff, and there's not as much of that or there's not any of that really. No, there's
1: no, there's no coves, mangroves, you know, Creek mouths. No, everything is
0: is relative to the bottom contour or the grass or whatever, the pocket that's there and and the point that's underwater over here. I mean, and, and what I'm getting at is, uh, you would think, Oh, it's just like a big, you know, swimming pool, a big pond. You can just ride around and find them. It's not that easy though. And, and because of the, the things that, that draw fish, uh, in St. Joe Bay, it's they're underwater. You, it's just experience is is how you would be good at, at fishing that. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yes, and, sir. And that well, makes it important to hire a dude like you because cl- you grew up doing this. So clearly, you know every pocket of that place like the back of your hand. And so uh, I'd like to think that, dude. Yeah, I mean, so you know, it's just uh, it's, it, you look at it on a map and you think, oh, okay. All that really means is that navigating it's not that hard. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you can you can get back home pretty easy, but Figuring out where to fish, man, it, it gets a lot bigger and a lot harder. Um, trust me on that one. So yeah. You,
1: yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a lot of little, little troughs and, and little potholes that are in, you know, amongst the flats and, and it, stuff it's, it's ledges. They'll, they'll be, there's tons of times where I'll pull up and be like, all right, you know, this little trough pocket, the fish should be laying right in here to and they're not. And I can't find them, can't find them waiting all of a sudden I start to leave and i go 50 yards in the same little type of area (laughs) yeah just 50 yards they're laying in that one it's like oh we never saw until we got on top
0: of them yep yeah it's just you know but to know where that stuff is and when to try it and and what tide cycles best and time of year and all that you know it's looking at saint joe it's uh, it's not as intimidating at face value but it's when you start yes, trying to fish it, you realize it's, it's, uh, it's a hell of a lot more intimidating than a map would lead you to believe, you know? Yes, sir. And when it's clean
1: and clear, like it should be, it, it can be a lot easier Yeah. right now. It's right now. It's, it really does test like our knowledge, all of our, all the Gods the knowledge of where exactly is that little hole, because you can't see them right now. It's just, you gotta, gotta get close to them and, and, you know, shoot and pray and, Yeah. Hope you land in it for your clients, you know, and it's, it takes a little while longer to find them because
0: the water's so dirty. Do you, do you, uh, utilize a GPS like the rest of us or is a lot of your stuff? Um, I'll, I'll use GPS to get close,
1: you know, just to get like out on top of the flat, you know, or whatever. And then if I got sunshine, I don't ever look at my GPS. I, I literally just sight, I say sight fish, but I just see, I know where the little trough for hole or spot I want to get. Right. And so I just use the sun and my vision to get position the boat just right to where we can throw to it. Yeah. Um, the only time I, if it's completely overcast and windy and I can't see it, then I'll use my mark on my GPS and just kind of try to get as close to it as I can and, and go from there.
0: Yeah. You know, man, uh, I, I, you and I may have talked about this. It might've been me and Justin. I can't remember. I've talked about it recently, but as a person who grew up bass fishing and, uh, and, and, you know, I, I was decent at it. I never got into the tournament stuff, but I knew what I was mm-hmm. doing, you know, and, uh, everything relates to structure, but yeah. easy to find structure. You know what I mean? It's a tree hanging over in the water or a treetop underwater. Something you can easily say, okay, that's where, that's where bass live. We need to fish that. Yeah. So if you have that mentality and you're an experienced fisherman and you make the switch into saltwater, um, those same rules apply, but the difference is the, the structure might be a a six inch change in, in a contour of a grass line or something or a pocket, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And so you're, you're the bat. I mean, I'm guilty of this out of just habit. And this is how you fish. You know what I mean? I, I look for things and you should look for things, but the ocean is not full of structure like like what I would call a tree stump or a, you know, j- just structure. Um, it's full of structure, but it's a little more subtle and a whole yeah, lot it's harder very, to find. Very
1: subtle, yeah, and especially places like St. Joe Bay. And- yeah,
0: and so if you're good at fishing St. Joe Bay, you can apply that concept, which most people that have a bass background, Southern people, let's be honest, you know, we yeah. all grew up bass fishing unless you lived on the coast. So you you apply that and come down there, and that's how you fish it. You know, for me, you know a good bit, and then as you learn, it's like, okay, well, structure out here is a little different, you know, it's not a big especially inshore, it's not a big wreck, sometimes it's just where a boat ran across his flat and and you know cut a line in the in the grass,
1: yeah, oh yeah,
0: and it's crazy you you have to really kind of train yourself to think about it differently, or just because it's you know it's not the big, obvious stuff, and if you're good at fishing Saint Joe Bay, you have to know that, you know. You get, but you can apply it to any, anywhere you inshore fish and, and it'll, it'll, it'll do, a, you'll do a lot better knowing that kind of information, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Same concepts apply anywhere. You just got to figure out what those concepts are. What, what, what is the structure in the area you're fishing?
0: Right. And then, you know, and in North Florida in general, I mean, it's, you know, or really, I guess all everything inshore, I mean, it, the grass and the potholes and that's a huge part of it. Cause man, and, and. and I mean, how thick does that grass get a foot? Uh, usually anywhere from 16 to 24 inches long. Wow. So, okay. So there's your, you know, now, so that, that spot that you see that sand, that's actually like a two foot little barrel that they can sit down in. Yep. Just a little pocket. They can sit there and ambush. And you know, the thing about it is from the top down, it doesn't look like it's that thick. I mean, you heard my, uh, my first guess, you know, so yeah. It doesn't look like it's that thick, but it is. And that, and so the, again, it begins to make sense to me. Cause it's like, okay, well that is, that is like a legitimate place to hide. You know, I thought it was three or four inches of grass. It's like, what well, is that? Nothing's hanging around that. No, it's,
1: yeah. It's it's pretty thick. They'll, they'll tuck down in there and hide yeah. really well.
0: Yeah. It's crazy though. I mean, it, it just, that little bit, you know, yeah, is, and that's, that's what
1: I tell, you know, people ask me all the time, like, how do you, how do you get good at, you know, fishing Saint Joe Bay and the only way is just spend a lot of time out there. That's yeah. You know, other places like Indian Pass, Appalachia Cola, you're fishing oyster bars. Oyster bars never really change. Right. Not not in not in the course of a you know, our lifetimes over the, you know, 50, 100 years, yeah, they'll change. But right. they're always there. You know, there's always that structure there. Right. The, you can market and get gonna, back to it. Yeah, you the know. tides are going to hit at the same every tide cycle. Yep. you know, so those those are a little easier, but um, you know, and if you hit enough forster bars, you'll you'll catch a fish. Yeah, but St. Joe Bay, the only way to truly learn it is just spend a ton of time out there and watching it because yep. it's constantly changing, and the littlest thing can move fish a hundred yards or, you know, off a flat or something, and you know, spot that was you know, been really, really good two years in a row in the spring, you you pull up to it and it looks a little different and there's not a single fish on it. You know, it's constantly changing. It's so the only way to really truly get good at it is just, you got to spend a ton of time out there.
0: And with that being said, if, if you want to fish St. Joe Bay and you're just coming down one time for vacation, maybe you have a boat or something, just leave it at home and hire Jordan because you're going to have a much better time, man. I mean, yep. with all that being said, you can try it and you'll probably catch fish, but it won't be the same experience. Well, hope not anyway. That's yeah. that's, that's why we stay in business. <laughs> there you go. Well, speaking of, tell us how to get a hold of you um, if people do want to get down there and book a trip. Uh, best way, as always, is uh, give me
1: a call 850 227 6550 um i'd rather talk to you on the telephone and gauge what kind of fishermen you are what you're looking for um if not you can message me on social media facebook is saltwater obsessions uh, at facebook and uh, instagram is saltwater underscore obsessions so i'll I'll answer either one of those
0: yeah and it's worth following anyway because you post pictures and, and like i said there's been uh been a few come up this week of some nice trips y'all have had so yes sir we yeah.
1: we i needed it i needed a confidence boost man it's been a, it's been a grind yeah. last last three or four days have been really nice
0: so let me ask you this before we before we wrap up um do you do you do like fly fishing that kind of super shallow stuff so do oh you, yeah do yeah, you I've have got a
1: 17 foot microskiff that can okay. go anywhere and i'll start doing that uh, toward middle, middle of October on through, um, till December. Yeah. and I'll, I'll do a little bit in December, not much. And then, um, again, in this early spring.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. So you're, you're running it pretty much as year round as a person could do it. Yes, sir. Yeah. I know. Um, I think Lionel and, and Justin both kind of about Thanksgiving, I think they sort of shut it down and, and wait for warmer weather.
1: Yeah, I do, you know, I, I go up until about the week before Thanksgiving. Then I'm traveling and hunting yeah. through duck season, but when I'm home, you know, I'll be home for a week at a time. If yeah. the weather's really pretty, normally I've got clients who are nearby that love to fly fish and I'll text them and be like, Hey, you know, these days I'm home, it looks good, do you want to go? Yeah. And we'll we'll do that. Or if someone happens to call me and I'm home, then of course I'll run a trip.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering because uh, I know it seems like you've mentioned that uh, a little bit, but it's we're getting about time to to start that up if the water clears up.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I I'll, I'll, you
0: know I don't do it full time,
1: but when I when the weather's right and I can, I absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, good deal. Well, man, as always, Jordan, thank you, and uh, and we'll talk again next week. Hopefully, this rain won't. Uh, well, it's going to keep you in a few days, but hopefully, you'll find some some dry weather in there somewhere sure hope so man i appreciate it all right buddy take care all right you too